Did you know that you are wonderfully weird? You've been created to be as unique and one-of-a-kind as your fingerprint, fearfully and wonderfully made, created in the image of God. My name is John Waters, and over the next few minutes, Drake Hunter, senior pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and author of the book Wonderfully Weird, now available through Westbow Press, will help you learn more about your own wonderful weirdness. Now, Wonderfully Weird Living. Welcome back once again to Wonderfully Weird Living. I'm John Waters, your host, and joining me, author, speaker, pastor, Drake Hunter. Hello. Hello, hello. Uh, as always, we're, we're back, uh, was it Tuesday? Mm-hmm. I've been locked up for a couple of days, so I kind of lose track of time. But hello, it's good to see somebody. <laughs> right. Uh, the whole uh, COVID-19 pandemic, uh, social distancing has certainly changed uh, everything. And, uh, you know, people that I'm used to seeing on a regular basis, I'm not seeing anymore. And uh, it's just an interesting, interesting time. Absolutely. You know, John, though, I was thinking the other day, I'm an introvert by nature. And I was speaking with Dr. Lincoln last night, my, my mentor and coach, and he's an introvert. And actually, this is kind of a, uh, a dream for us introverts. Mm-hmm. However, uh, we weren't expecting it to be this long. Right. <laughs> so sometimes I find myself at home because you recharge that way. Uh, my, my energy is so up because I'm so recharged uh, in the sense of how I've been designed that I, I just I have to get out and, and be with people to bring it down a little bit. Right. Temper uh, that charge. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's been it's been interesting even with my my own uh, story with temperament and all that, but uh, very interesting. And uh, so, but we're making the best of it. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. Well, you know, one of the very interesting things that uh, I've uh, been watching throughout this whole thing is um, how people think about. A pandemic like this and of course we have objective truth information coming out from yes. CDC and other trusted sources that say here's what needs to happen here's how we stop this and but then you have people on the other side of it saying that's all a bunch of bunk and I'm gonna do what I as you like to say I do what I want right. um, and that kind of leads us into our topic today which is uh, tempering how you think and taking thoughts captive and and actually looking at those thoughts and and weighing them objectively is this truth or is this opinion yeah discernment uh, comes into mind there and of course discretion with uh, how we share that and make choices uh, and you know the, the that piece you just shared John is uh, you know subjectively my that's what my book is all about wonderfully mm-hmm. weird and we have to understand the truth does sit in us, but we are a very, very small world in the sense of who we are. Right. I think sometimes we misunderstand that because uh, that uniqueness, that, that very tight uh, self and that infinite self of who you are, uh, we've got to humble ourselves and, and understand that those feelings, even those thoughts, whatever those teachings might be or, or even your experiences, uh, that is yours. And, and that's the truth. You, you can't get around it. However, that might not be the reality in the sense of the bigger picture, which we talk about uh, at Elevating Life Church quite often. And so how do you, uh, you know, put those, uh, those two 
pieces in place, objective truth and subjective truth, and truly live together in a way that's going to benefit all. It's quite challenging, but once you understand it, it is so rewarding in the way God designed life to be. Well, you just uh, used the terms objective truth and subjective truth. Uh, And uh, I think one of the issues maybe that we run up against is not understanding the difference between those two. Um, You know, we do hear the the term thrown out, well, that may be true for you, but it's not true for me, which depending upon whether you're talking about an objective truth or a subjective truth, that statement may or may not be true. Uh, Because, uh, for example, a subjective truth is that your wife wife's name is Sherry. That's right. That's absolutely a truth for you. My wife's name is not Sherry. My right. wife's name is Anne. Right. That's true for me. So that's uh, that's an objective truth for you that your wife's name is Sherry, objective truth that my wife's name is Anne, but it's not uh, an objective truth for each other. Right. Right, exactly right. So we have to understand the difference between those. Yeah, and subjective, let me say this, it's, it's the law of one, the university of law of one. I shared this uh, a couple of weeks ago where, you know, you think about it, one times one times one, John equals? One. One. And, you know, whatever that might be, uh, as well as subjective. So, you know, we have to make sure we understand that because when even when we get a bigger audience and we all come into a, an agreement – uh, with that, and we're all one, no matter what that might be uh, on either side of this discussion, uh, it's subjective. Mm-hmm. So you can have, uh, let's say, a thousand people, but one times one times one times, you know, go out to a thousand is still one. So we have to be extremely aware of that because depending on uh, our context or, or the framework we're in or that relationship, uh, be it all the way from your personal relationship to, with God all the way to the world, is it subjective or is it objective? And you have to you got to stay humble in your thinking with that, because we know this uh, objective truth is infinite. There's there's God uh, in His nature and in history and even in design. But then you come together, and then you are as Jesus taught us one in agreement in one. Then it becomes subjective. So mm-hmm. how do you discern? How do you uh, you know, really make choices with that, and that it benefits everyone. It, it's quite interesting, and, and it's actually a refreshing way to think, uh, and it benefits everyone. So, wow, that's exactly what we want to do in the sense of what we do at Elevating Life Church and even in, in uh, my personal ministry, Four Dimensional Living, where we're truly uh, making sure uh, that it's about the bigger picture, mm-hmm. but it's taking care of each one, but together and then influencing others in the truth. That's where subjectivity, you gotta be very, you gotta make sure you understand what the truth is before you start, let's say, pushing, projecting, uh, or, or whatever that might be, bullying somebody, because you prefer to live in the sense of being right rather than living right. 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 Well, uh, you used a, a verse uh, in your message this past weekend out of Philippians chapter 4. Uh, it's verse 8, and, and I wanted to enter that into the discussion here, okay. where the Apostle Paul says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any any virtue, and if there be any praise, think 
on these things. And that's where we want to go today is to talk about thinking, mm-hmm. how we think and being able to uh, be in control of our thinking. Oh, absolutely. To, I believe to capture those thoughts mm-hmm. as we read in Second Corinthians. And so, yes, that verse um, in the message, uh, Yes, I can, which was uh, pulled directly out of the nutty, nutty professor, and things are nutty. I thought that was, you know, what, what a perfect lead into where we're at. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, the verse, uh, uh, this verse, as I shared in the message on Sunday, uh, if it's not part of your working memory or in your heart, we have some work to do. Because here Paul is giving us, uh, you know, a final thought in the sense of how we should think and how we should develop patterns in our mind so that we can truly be healthy uh, in life or in Christ so that we can truly uh, better uh, our own well-being, better our relationships, and, of course, better our performance together. And so very uh, critical that we understand how important this verse is when it comes to the mind and having the mind of Christ. Recall the greatest commandment. Jesus shared this is love God with all of your heart and mind. Right. And we have to seek God's kingdom uh, subjectively and objectively when it comes to uh, exactly that, our minds. Well, and then you used another verse, and and I'm not going to read the whole verse, but it was out of Proverbs. And basically in the old King James, it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. In other words, uh, how you what you truly believe, what you truly think comes from what you have planted down deep That's right. through your experience, through history, through the family script, things like that. Yeah. Um, and so then we just kind of regurgitate that, if you will, those yes. beliefs, that quote unquote <laughs> yes, that's, truth, that's right. uh, because that's how we think. That's, that's how my father thought that's how my grandfather thought so by golly i think that way um but paul's saying no 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 here is what you should be thinking on not that stuff yes and and taking ownership of your own thoughts because if you think about it, if we're thinking thoughts uh, of let's say those past teachings it could be from the parents education system and 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 there's truth there's garbage there's all kinds of things but you got to discern that but then you have to have your own thoughts and that means you have to think through them you have to be introspective if you will uh, on on our beliefs and uh, as we share at uh, elevating life church a person has over 10,000 beliefs in any one given moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the objective side speaking now in the sense of science and what that's all about. And so we have to uh, truly, first and foremost, understand that uh, our thinking, what's in our heart, are those probably some past teachings. Mm-hmm. Again, nothing wrong with that unless they're wrong. Right. Uh, and so uh, what happens is we start thinking other people's ways or thoughts without realizing it Mm -hmm. and we think we have ownership but really do you because we have to sit back and use those christian disciplines now those spiritual disciplines fasting meditating studying praying and 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 that's just the transformational uh disciplines rather than let's say service and and solitude which is you know part of the uh, ministry disciplines but boy my goodness we have to really uh begin 
using those habits that are in the Christian faith. We see it from uh, Jesus practicing them all the way through, well, to the book of Revelation where you see these practices and we have to get those in place. And if they're not in place and they're not properly understood right. and taught, uh, they're, they're, not, they're no good. So we've got to understand what those are through objective means, people that have our back in the sense of uh, those practices, and learn what they, those are so that we can truly uh, examine, uh, be introspective in our own thoughts, and then uh, reject those that are no longer part of our faith system or no longer, let me say it this way, n- not part of goodness, mm-hmm. and and get them out of our lives and and let them just be away, go away, you know. And rather, so, rather than the other side, which is what happens so often, is as soon as someone is challenged on a belief, they become very protective and oh, and, yes. and put guards around it and and <clears throat> actually defensive. solidify it even more so in their own minds because someone else had the audacity to challenge that belief. Yeah, going back to the first command of Christ, repent, because that produces humility. We've got to humble ourselves, and part of that is not living to be right. Uh, we live to understand and truly connect properly so that we can live together. But there are many people that, whatever that bias, prejudice, or even that experience that belongs to them subjectively, boy, they don't want to come away from that. They're, they're going to protect it. They're going to they're going to take out the, you know, they're going to put those spiritual guns on. We see a lot of people putting on these days, put the bob wires up, uh, mm-hmm. as I experienced in uh, the Dominic Republican a couple of, uh, Republic a couple of weeks ago. There's there's glass shards and nobody's going to get through that. Well, and then they start <laughs> lobbing uh, word, uh, nuclear bomb words. You know, oh, and yeah, projection, right? Yeah, yeah. I love those uh, conversations. And God bless them, forgive them, for they know not what they do. However, we do have a responsibility to truly develop our own thought life so that we can get the proper things in our heart. Uh, we should be desiring the same things God desires. We should be truly uh liking and loving what he loves and and oftentimes uh, we got that backwards <laughs> yeah yeah well and we were talking before we started recording this morning um uh you brought up second corinthians chapter 10 yes. and the uh, first six verses and i think maybe this is a good point to interject this into the conversation yeah, focus on this yes. uh, where the apostle paul this is in the niv says by the humility and gentleness of christ i appeal to you I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold toward you when away. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Let me read that part again. I hope people catch that. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ, and we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. And Paul challenging us to knock down those strongholds, to to take that barbed wire out, to uh, disarm those nuclear bombs that we're going to lob at other people and say, take your thoughts 
captive and really look at them, as you said earlier, from an objective standpoint, not your own subjective standpoint. Yes, be very careful with your words because if they're subjective and and you believe you're helping, but uh, you've never really thought about how to think or how to use language and communicate, you're just uh, reacting oftentimes. And that is so dangerous because when we react, we hurt, we cause suffering without realizing it. So yes, words are the weapon of the world in the sense of projecting them and and really trying to uh, get our point across, across, or excuse me, being right. Uh, That's the world's mentality, being right. The Christian's mentality is understanding and connecting so that all can benefit, even your enemies. So let's backtrack this. So the words, before the words come the thoughts. That's right. Before the thoughts come your attitude or motive, and before that comes what's planted down deep in your heart when we get back to as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So then there's several levels then it goes through. It comes from the heart into your, your motive and your attitude, then to the thought, and then to the words that you project. And we have to learn to to analyze those before it gets to that point. Yes, and of course, going back to what we've already shared, this is all about taking our thoughts captive. Now, you've heard me share this, John, and in in fact, I go back to the offsite. You know, we all have thoughts, Mm -hmm. and those thoughts are often triggered by the heart. Uh, And and we hear that word all the time, but uh, that could be good or bad. Oftentimes we blame and find excuse because of our heart or those feelings that are triggered. And then, of course, uh, those thoughts come, and without any understanding, we kind of spew them out, if you will. But understand this. You have thousands and thousands of thoughts a day. Mm -hmm. But understand what the next part of that process is. You have the choice to either accept or reject those thoughts. And we accept it based on our faith system. That's the boundaries, our value system uh, within the Christian faith, of course. And uh, once we're redeemed, and that is now the boundaries that we now accept or reject those thoughts. And it is as simple as this. You can reject it and let it go. Right. Uh, As we preached a couple of weeks ago, just let it go. Uh, and, and that's one of the reasons it's very important that we get the, um, let's say, the discipline of meditation into our life. Because at the end of the day, in the beginning of the day, we, sh- we ought to be in that practice because you're going to have a lot of thoughts. You might accept or reject it. And not, even at the end of the day, you meditate on that and go, you know what? I need to get rid of some of these things. Even our natural body tells us we need to get right. rid of things once or twice a day. And we need to do that as well when it comes to perhaps our thoughts or what's being projected at us or perhaps whatever uh, we're thinking to, to get uh, uh, in those situations and experience. And folks, sometimes you just have to let it go. Know this, everything is personal, but you don't have to take it personal. Right. And if we can figure that out and, and, and use that first part of that process, feelings, thought, accept or reject, but accept it on our faith system. And then if it does hurt, well, we see what Christ uh, did in those situations. He didn't take it personal. And then he let it go. He forgave. He reconciled. He, he 
truly then began that trust that excuse me the trust process i get that out uh and and then began that process again now with discernment though because there's some people their heart is just not motivated jesus knew it we know those people and those are the people you give one minute to but not two right Right. So we take thoughts. I, I, as you were talking about that, the picture I got in my mind was, remember the, the scales of justice. You have the, the lady who's blind yes. holding the scale. And so the way I, I pictured that is uh, you have the thought on one side, whatever that thought is on one side of the scale. On the other side of the scale is the goodness of God. And you're weighing that thought yes. based upon how does it fit with the goodness of God? And if it doesn't equal, then you reject it. What is it in Philippians 4.8? Whatsoever things are just. Mm-hmm. Justice right there you explained. And that's exactly what Paul shared. Uh, that's exactly what we need to be doing in the sense of our thought process. Yes. So we have to convince ourselves now then and understand that we can, through accepting and rejecting, using those scales, if you will, think in the goodness of God. And we have to understand this too with the statement I shared earlier. The value system or that uh, the boundaries of how we think uh, are divine in nature. Uh, God created the heavens and earth and of course that's God's principles, that's his purpose, that's his meaning uh, and even what he expects in the sense of what our legacy might be. So our boundaries sit in the, the, the principle aspect of who God is, uh, and, and and so my point is, in theory, in your mind, rather than on the behavior side, I share that because uh, there's some branches in the Christian faith that want to uh, believe behavior is uh, the more significant issue here. Behavior, conduct, whatever that might be, is the end result. Right. And we have to understand that because we're not trying to change behavior, folks. Mm-mm. We're trying to get our belief system in place uh, as Christians now, where we are going to honor and glorify uh, God and things become excellent and become praiseworthy, again, in those different areas of our lives that we care about. And again, what we should care about is our well-being. God knows what that is. Our relationships, and that's in any life role, all the way from your personal relationship with God, uh, let's say uh, your spouse, we can go your professional life, all the way out to the world. Uh, and, and then, of course, your performance. But understand, performance and behavior, uh, that's a terrible way to judge because we never know, uh, going back to what we talked about earlier, how that person's been conditioned, good or bad. Well, and, and it's very subjective anyway, yeah, because uh, what I yeah. consider to be appropriate behavior may be different from what you consider to be appropriate behavior. Oh, that's behavior. a fact, Jack. Can I say that? Since your name's John, I call you Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and what a perfect, you just triggered something there. In my home growing up, now I'm a pastor, I'm a senior pastor, and there's certain conduct and behavior, but from the age I was zero until I, I went in the military, and then some, I believe I heard the F word, the F bomb, every day because it, mm-hmm. was, it was part of the experience, and, and uh, I lived. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, my goodness, stop judging. Right. It, was, it was fine. It was acceptable. It was agreed upon in, 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 that, in that setting. And so, but what do we do? Of course, if, if we don't understand that, 
well, then we become judgmental and and it wasn't it was a, a habit that I struggled with not only through my adolescent years but I went in the military mm-hmm. <laughs> and we understand that type of right. environment not always uh, but uh, where boy but then then I became a Christian and then of course I became uh, a pastor and those things had to be you know taken captive. Because I do have responsibilities. I right. do. Right. There are expectations. Not in the sense of, am I oppressing those things? I do it because I want to uh, show compassion for my neighbor. And respect. And respect. Yeah. And part of the faith that truly brings goodness for everyone. It's not about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I remember those conversations when I was 19, 20 with my fiance then going, hey, if you don't like it too bad, just how God made me. No, he did not. That's how your family made you and your environment. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, the Apostle Paul says, I've learned to become all things to all people. And I think people misunderstand that sometimes. Yes. In, and what he's saying is that I understand that not everyone has the same reality. Not everyone has the same understanding and so i try to see it from their point of view and be respectful and compassionate based upon what they where they are right now right now if they're hurting somebody of course and they're suffering and pain that's where you come and going maybe you need to think about your past teachings uh, or your past relationships or whatever that might be because who wants to live in a, in a world that you're just hurting and just surviving from one relationship to the next uh, because of, of all the pain that exists? It's not how God designed life to be. One of the reasons we do become a Christian is because then we can step into uh, the, the subjective part in the sense of that personal relationship. But at the same time, God is infinite in the objective aspect of that relationship as well. And now we're open-minded. We get all of those biases and everything out uh, now with some good boundaries around so that we can truly enjoy. Again, let's go back to how we started, both objectively and subjectively, in what those truths are and how we're going to live our life, not only in ourself, but with others. Right, exactly. So um, understanding that my reality is not your reality and you know everyone has their own reality right. based upon that, so then we have to uh, begin to understand what is my reality yes. when it comes to what motivates my heart, my life, and understand what my reality is. Then ask that same question. Now, what is your reality based upon what motivates your heart and your life? Yeah, in that, in that word reality, uh, we can line it up with now with understanding because that's one of the spiritual needs is understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have to learn who we are subjectively how God designed us. We've all been created in a in the image of God with a very unique purpose and, and meaning. We have to lean into that. It's just not going to fall out of nowhere. You've got to figure that out once you decide that you're going to lean into that. But you can't keep it there one-sided. Then you have to open up as you grow, as you mature, so that then you then become a mature Christian that knows how to study and pray and really add value to who you are and others through that uh, through those disciplines or those habits and so and again one of the one of the very first habits we uh, ought to get in is thinking properly we have good habits and good patterns happening in our our minds that have been captivated in the sense of who we are now in our faith in Christ and so again it's it's taking our thoughts captive with that understanding and of course again you read the the verse second Corinthians 
10.5. So, you know, it's interesting, John. Uh, no other creature on earth has our thinking ability. Uh, and, and Paul said that so well when when he said in Second Corinthians, uh, what is it, verse uh, t- or chapter ten, verse one through six? You read there. He said it so well. And so, but here's the thing: is let's, let's kind of make a turn here. Uh, what are the things we must do to make that happen? Well, I'm going to give you three simple things to do here, okay. folks. Um, in order to to really get your thoughts captivated. So let me share those three things. Those three things, let me give them to you, then I'll just unfold them briefly because, as always, we are running out of time. But I think this will be quickly learned. Okay. So number one, we must own our own thoughts. Number two, we must grow in knowledge. That's both objective and subjective knowledge. And expand our mind. And we expand it through the knowledge of God that's subjective, and his word, that's subjective. And then number three, we must clarify uh, distorted thinking. Uh, we all have a tendency not to see things clearly, and you have to be humble. So let's go back to that first one just briefly there. We mu- must own our own thoughts. You hit on this earlier where <clears throat> most of our thoughts uh, and our self-concept comes from people outside of yourself, relationships that uh, you've been part of, and of course your experiences. And of course we see this often in churches who people are just depending on the authority or perhaps whoever's teaching them. And then what happens is those traditions are taught young, and and then what happens is we become proud in those traditions Mm -hmm. and uh, in those different experiences and relationship, uh, especially as time goes by. And then really, we're not really taking ownership. We don't know. We're hoping this person that we've loved since day one and who we know, mm-hmm. especially if it's a very tight community, is like, um, who was it? It was uh, Plato who used the analogy of a cave. You know, all these people that are so tight in your life and uh, there's biases and boundaries that most people live in a cave. They live in the darkness of that cave and they never get out of that, so they become so subjective, they close in on themselves and they eventually die. And so we must uh, own our own thoughts. Why do you think what you think? Mm-hmm. You know, make sure your boundaries are clear and that you're leaning into that prayer and meditation and studying uh, and, and understand that we have to take uh, all of our thoughts captive and own them. Now, if, you, if, if you're curious, I would go to Deuteronomy, I believe it's 26, 27, and 28, those three chapters. Uh, and, and there Moses talks about a curse when not taking your thoughts in captive. And it's radical. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, as some of you might blush when you're reading some of those things because it is so uh, crazy what the curse is, but then on the other side, what's so wonderful are all the blessings Deuteronomy 28 shares when you put those boundaries in place and you take ownership of your own life and then your own thoughts. Number two, we must grow in knowledge and expand our mind. We've said enough about this, but again, when we're speaking of knowledge, there's two sides. There's the objective side and there is the subjective aspect of what that is all about. So uh, let me just say this objective side, when it comes to God, is his nature, is his uh, is history, we can say that, and also his design. And we have to 
lean into that objective understanding and get the right tools in our toolbox to make sure that we're interpreting uh, those things properly. It is known as science, folks. Mm-hmm. Can't get around it. Uh, there's so many Christians that are biased against science, and uh, they, they said it's evil. My goodness, God's nature, history, and design is not evil. Whatever their intent is, that's not my concern. I'm looking for the truth. Mm-hmm. And so we, we take that knowledge in, and then through experiencing and developing our own story, we can understand that. But then again, on the other side, there is that subjective uh, understanding, and that is getting into the Word of God, learning how to read it, learning how to meditate over it, and learning how to study it. And those three habits are different, my friends, mm-hmm. because you read uh, does not mean you're studying, because if you're just reading, you're comparing it only to your teachings and only to your relationships and also to your experience. That's subjective in nature, and before you're knowing, uh, before you know it, What's happening is, as the book of Revelation, we're adding to these words without realizing it. Right. And we have to be so careful because we are held accountable to that thought. It's the very last thought in the Bible, in fact. And so with that, then number three, we must uh, clarify distorted thinking. Folks, you just need to learn how to think. If you don't know how to think properly on the objective side of that conversation and with how to communicate, let's say with those, it's known as uh, the inter, excuse me, the intrapersonal skills. That's where your self-concept lies, your self-esteem, your self-worth, uh, everything that is about you in that thought process with just you and God. If you do not understand what that is, I encourage you to go out there and type in intrapersonal skills to see what that's all about because that is about a vertical communication with you and God. And we have to make sure, for instance, in our sense of our self-worth, your mommy and daddy or whoever might tell you that you're great, all that in a bag of Doritos with the Mountain Dew, or on the other side, they might have told you that you're the worst kid and you have the worst testimony in the world. But understand this, the Word of God says, specifically in the sense of our self-worth, you're wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you don't understand that, go to Psalms 139.14, where King David was struggling with that, and he said it, you shared with me, God, that I am wonderfully made. Excuse me. And there's a period there, not a question mark. Right. <clears throat> so objectively, we take that in, and then that just destroys, that covers any of that brokenness. Uh, of course, we say with the blood of Jesus, with the truth of God, and man, life changes in a heartbeat. There's the miracle. Now we got to work on it through the phenomena of that miracle and develop and grow and restore ourselves uh, with those boundaries in place so that we're thinking properly and we're taking our thoughts captive based on who we are and what we do through, of course, our faith system, who is Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go back to where we started, and uh, that is Philippians 4.8. And I want to read that again, uh, where Paul says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And so now the question uh, that uh, we need to ask ourselves is, how am I going to begin practicing that in my everyday life? Yes. 
And so that's where the rubber meets the road is uh, reminding myself of those things, having that in my working memory, and then weighing my thoughts against those. Am I thinking things that are just, things that are perfect, things that are kind, things that are uplifting, and or am I... Uh, doing the opposite of that. And I would say begin by praying uh, for God to send people. I, I, this is exactly the prayer I had when I was uh, struggling through all of this. Pray for people who have true understanding in the sense of the, the God the Father, His perspective, His worldview, who understand uh, the boundaries in the sense of Jesus' commands. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit's ministry, which is truly that activity that comes together where two or more are gathered and that you're truly living life together in the way that God designed it to be to better both yourself and everyone. Uh, that's, how we, that's how we should be praying for <clears throat> that type of relationship, uh, first and foremost with perhaps uh, somebody in our sphere of influence, and then, of course, that person just like a father and mother can guide you to the truth and to God <clears throat> through understanding togetherness and influence well let's wrap up we've we've talked about these three uh, questions that we'd like to leave for people uh, throughout the course of our time together today but let me just uh, present them here right at the end number one do you believe you can think in the goodness of God and why do you think this way number two what is your reality when it comes to what motivates your heart or your life? And then number three, just talked about it, how are you going to practice Philippians 4.8 in your everyday life? Very, very challenging questions today. Yes but necessary. Absolutely. Well, Drake, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. There's so much more we could talk about, but we're uh, constrained by time. Uh, but I do appreciate your heart and your thoughts today and look forward to next week. Well, again, thank you. Uh, always a pleasure. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining us and we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us this week on Wonderfully Weird Living. Get your own copy of Drake's book, Wonderfully Weird, by logging on to www.wonderfullyweirdliving.com. Also, let us know if you have any questions or comments via our email address, wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. For author and pastor Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. We'll see you next time.